Hi, and welcome to the Joyful Talents podcast. This is a podcast where neuroscience, nutrition, and psychology all meet in one happy package to help you live a happier and fuller life. You're here with your host, I'm Mira, uh, and I'm a neuroscientist with a specialization in nutrition for brain health. Um, I've also got Denise here, who's a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist who works a lot around um, healthy habits and how to sleep better. So we're going to be taking you all on a journey of your mind, your brain and your body and how all of these three things are interlinked. And I'm going to let Denise take it away with introducing our topic. Hi. So we are back for a third season. Yes. Yeah, we made it back. (laughs) Yes. And today we have decided to talk uh, all about food and uh, setting ourselves up for success when it comes to food and what do we mean by setting ourselves up for success it means eating appropriately for our wellness and well-being so we are talking about brain health body health overall health because we are not either one or the other we are a mix of everything so we are going to talk about that and you will obviously get some uh, tips and tricks from us as you normally do in order to eat better for yourself right absolutely yeah definitely but before we kick that off I always like to start with that how are you yeah I'm good I'm good I uh I have left the Mira for the warmer climate (laughs) um And this subject is uh, really good for me today because of the type of uh, food and um, type of nutrients that I have in my new location. So I'm I'm doing well. How how are you, Mira? Good. I've had a stressful few weeks, which is why we had to delay the podcast. Uh, so we're launching a new season, but we are keeping our head above water, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, yeah. So this is a good this is a good one that's kind of a, a, a I suppose a reset if you like of let's strip it back down to the bare basics uh, that we can all do even when you are pretty stressed and overwhelmed by life and mm-hmm. yeah it's just a good opportunity to uh, get our teeth back into these topics yes and it's spring so it's like you know for us yeah. for, for us here in the northern hemisphere spring is starting to show up slowly so that means we would have more abundance of fresh produce and uh, we should definitely you know sink our teeth into that and uh, you know maybe let go of the more um, I don't want to call them fatty but maybe the foods that we tend to eat over the winter and let go of those Um, and then you know look forward to a spring and a summer where we can have fresh uh, um legumes fresh vegetables fruit and so on so yes stripping back to basics and i i had a um, a recent conversation with a client which i think can set us up for success in a way and the question i had from from this particular client was and this is for you mira um Mm -hmm. how to ensure that there is enough um, good nutrients i.e vitamins minerals uh, for example iron in somebody's Mm -hmm. diet if they are fully vegetarian yeah that's a really good question Uh, so essentially just because I like to make things being more complicated than yeah I just like to make things complicated (laughs) Uh, unintentionally it's just the way that nutrition works but basically, you have two different types of iron. You've got the heme iron, which you tend to find in more sort of red meats and uh, products like that. And then you've got non-heme iron, which is what you tend to find in sort of more plant-based sources. Um, now, uh, we use heme iron a lot better than we use non-heme iron. So there's mm. just that added challenge of the fact that, um, you know, we've, we've got to get past that hurdle, if you like. Um, so. It depends, I suppose, on what your requirement for um, heme, uh, for iron actually is. Obviously, if you're a woman, if you're a woman who menstruates, uh, particularly if you're like me who has heavier periods, and you need a little bit more um, because of you know the losses that you're experiencing, um, I'd always recommend you know if you have any worries about fatigue and things like that, 
um, definitely get a blood test. You can do that through your GP. Um, it's always worth knowing what your iron levels actually are because some just do benefit from supplementing when they need to. Um, and then it's about knowing what your good sources of um, the iron that you do have available. So dark green leafy veg is a good example. Dates are pretty high in iron. Um, some legumes will have um, iron and you can also get iron fortified foods. So some plant-based milks, for example, will have iron in them, um, I believe. Um, and it's just about, uh, you know, getting in a variety of those foods uh, into your diet and having a very regular intake. Mm. And what I would also say is that vitamin C helps improve the absorption of iron. So having things um, that are high in vitamin C, uh, for example, um, things like oranges, um, peppers are really high in vitamin C. Having those alongside your foods that have a lot of um, plant-based iron in them is really helpful for improving the absorption. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just as a very whistle-stop tour those are the kind of things that I'd be thinking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay okay and for those of us who do eat meat you would think mm. uh things which I think I don't know if it's true or not I think red meat is a like a steak it's a it's a good source of iron but correct me if I'm wrong no 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 definitely um yeah no absolutely yeah things like um so your question was all around sort of um, red meats being high in iron. Yes, absolutely. If you are inclined, you don't have to, obviously, but like um, offal, so things like liver as well, that's something that, you know, that's pretty, it's very nutrient dense um, and it's very rich. So you only need a small amount of it. It's also really high in iron. Things like fish, even if you're vegetarian, but you do eat them, eggs is another really good source of iron as well. Um, so it doesn't have to just be red meat. You can still have other meats and still get a good intake of iron. Um, but having things like eggs can really improve that um, as well. Still, fish also can be a good source of iron um, mm-hmm. too. So you can always give fish a go if, you're, for example, you're pescatarian or you don't tend to eat red meat. Um, still have your poultry. Um, yeah, those are all, all good options. But yes, red, red meat typically is some of the highest that mm-hmm. you will find. Good, great, thank you. I know I, I spurred this question onto onto Mira unexpectedly, but uh, yeah, this conversation just just happened a, a day or so ago, and I was thinking, hmm, I don't really know because my um, my specialty is obviously not uh, non nutrition, as in I'm not a nutritionist. So I uh, I recommended in that case for the particular client to look into either speaking to a nutritionist or doing their own research. I knew Definitely. broadly. Broadly, I knew that the the darker the green leaves, the more concentration of iron. They do, yeah. And I'm really glad you mentioned legumes because they're super high in iron. Uh, Tofu even contains iron. Um, Like I said, if you do eat, um, if you do have uh, eggs available in your diet, absolutely go for those. Some nuts and seeds do have them. Dates are another great example. Um, that have iron even figs do so you know mm. so you can get some of these uh, typical fruits uh that will have h- high iron it's just um also just where you can and even for the meat eaters have a bit of vitamin c alongside your iron your high mm-hmm. iron foods because uh, that helps to improve the absorption oh great great thank you that's a that's a pleasure that is very very important now speaking of other you know foods and setting ourselves up for success we mentioned yeah. it a couple of times the Mediterranean diet and things like that yeah if you were to have a client in front of you now mm-hmm. and let's assume I'm the client right and yep. le- I know I, I, I want to eat good <laughs> I, I want to stop eating the, the fast foods and I would like to have a, a well-balanced diet obviously it's very general you don't know much about me at this point in terms of yeah you know, a blood tests or anything else that you might normally do with your typical client. But what would be your, you know, golden rules, so to say? What would you say to everyone? This is a really good question. Um, you want to stop eating the fast foods. Well, I suppose if you are coming from a place, it depends on where your starting point is, because for everyone, this will look different. You'll have some people who uh, want to eat well, but don't really want to cook fine you'll have um those that do are happy to cook but need something very very quick and and those who perhaps have a bit more time for cooking Mm. and everyone's starting place will be slightly different 
I think, you know, what we have always said on this podcast is start with one thing, get really good and comfortable with making that change and then move on to the next. It's really difficult. And I don't like doing this with clients at all, um, where you come in and you say, okay, you've got someone who's used to eating a very um, Western diet or who comes from a very different culture. um, And suddenly you're like, right, you've got to eat Mediterranean diet with 30 plus plants per week, fish a few times a week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm not setting you up for success. So set yourself up for success and give yourself time. That's mm-hmm. like number one. Give yourself time because nothing happens overnight. You will get good at some changes and then you'll fall off the wagon and mm. you have to get back on it again. Like we all go through periods of waxes and wanes. So time is, is kind of essential. Then I'd say, um, so find... I think when you first start out is find super, super manageable things that you can change. So for example, if you know that you are the type of person that um, really doesn't like to spend a lot of time making breakfast, fine. Mm -hmm. What is the cheat that you can do? Not cheat, but as in what's the, how can you optimize your time? That means that you still can eat something really, really healthy, but doesn't involve um, much preparation in the morning. So is that making overnight oats the night before? Or is it that you, which I have done before, where, where you batch make a bunch of mini egg muffins and um, mm-hmm. it means that you can just keep them in your fridge and take them out on the go. So it's finding ways to optimize your time in the kitchen um, that actually means where you need to make, where you want to make the least amount of effort, you can still continue to make the least amount of effort but still have healthy stuff. So if you're the type of person that's very snacky, well, can you keep some extra veg in the drawer so that when you get hungry and and buy extra hummus when you're doing a weekly shop so that you can cut up veg and have that with hummus as a snack during the week whilst you're kind of working so those are kind of the things where you're you're then thinking about you're giving yourself time but you're also thinking about what are the little wins that I can have here and there especially when you start out Mm. that you can build on and get better and better then it's about redressing the balance in your diet right because I don't ever want a client to walk away thinking, oh my God, I can never have the foods that I really, really enjoy ever mm-hmm. again. No. The whole reason I called my own personal business Balance and why this forms an important part of the podcast name is because both Denise and I believe in mm. you achieving balance in your life, right? You should yeah. still be able to enjoy your life, but we need you to tip the balance so that it's geared towards more healthier activities. But that doesn't mean that you get to, you have to completely drop the ones that you enjoy that maybe aren't so healthy. So it's just about finding the balance in your diet in terms of between what you enjoy and what you need to have in mm-hmm. order to live a happy, fulfilling life. And, you know, what we what I tend to find with clients as well is that the balance even within their plate is often off. So, mm. you know, we might we might have uh, the base of a dish being very like sort of uh, starchy, grain heavy, whereas uh, we want the base of your meal to really always be uh 50% basically veg so if you start from the point of view of thinking about the vegetables you're going to have and then build your plate around that it makes it so much easier to think about how to have a much more balanced plate so we always say if you imagine a round dinner plate you want half of that dinner plate to be filled with um fruits and vegetables with way more veg than fruit because fruit is naturally high in sugar then if you split the other half of the plate into half again so you've got two quarters quarter of that plate is good quality carbohydrates so whether that's things like brown rice quinoa uh potatoes would fall into this category not as a vegetable um uh whether you want to have like whole grain couscous frica which is another grain whatever Mm. it might be right that goes as a quarter so you're already looking at a vastly different proportion to what Mm -hmm. most people have and then a quarter of your plate the rest of that the other quarter is your good quality protein and then you know obviously food never comes as like just one uh one it's one fits into one of these categories Mm. and none of the others so within that you will probably have some element of fat in there but good quality fats like you know kind of makes up you know a couple of teaspoons if maybe a little bit more um and that would be your things like extra virgin olive oil avocado oil a little bit of coconut oil every now and again is absolutely fine whatever that might be so it's just about redressing the balance and I suppose then what I would also really encourage you to do as well is to think about variety. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's so easy in, um, and I'm trying to make this as quick as possible. So I realize I've probably really gone over time here, but this wow. is the last thing I'll say is, um, variety is really, really important. So if you want to build a healthy set of gut bacteria, right? Um, you need to feed that. If you imagine that your gut bacteria is a forest and you've got all these different, uh, mm-hmm. animals as it were that contribute to the overall health of this ecosystem. Now, in order to grow, a healthy set of gut bacteria you need to be feeding all the different little animals that are in there different foods because they all eat different things that help them grow and proliferate and so to do that you do that through having a varied diet so now studies have gone out and shown that having 30 plant different plants per week is really what um, has shown to be um, give you the best variety of different gut mm-hmm. bacteria which all perform slightly different jobs and all contribute towards uh, your health in some way, pretty much apart from the ones that genuinely are bad for us. Um, So in order to do that, sort of 30 plants is what you're looking at. And and spices and herbs do actually count. Don't just count them out. They count count a little bit less, but they do count. So, um, So, you know, you can get like sheets online where like you can do these challenges and like write down all the different, sort of spices herbs vegetables that you use and um and you can kind of work out how to get that 30 but if you have if you imagine with half of your plate being vegetables that actually becomes way more achievable mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. so much of your your uh your diet now consists of of plant foods yes yes and your grains will also count as well um even if you tend to batch cook and you think oh god yeah, but if I'm eating only that one like similar or same meal throughout the week, how am I going to achieve that? Well, I suppose what I would say is definitely still batch cook because that's still a really useful tool. But chuck those meals in the freezer and then maybe use ones that you've made for other weeks and have those instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you can switch up the grain. Or um, there are just so many different ways that you can you know, add in different spices or um, use different herbs all these little things that you can do to just add in a little bit more variety every single day mm. is really, really useful. Mm. Um, and actually, I'm going to tack on a very last one because I'm being really cheeky, um, is definitely consume probiotic-rich foods. So things like yogurts, kefir, um, which is fermented milk, kombucha, which is fermented tea, kimchi, sauerkraut, any mm. kind of pickles, mm. really, really good for your gut bacteria, for your gut health. Mm. and all of these things like these are are basically the tenants that I would include for pretty much any client but but even though what you'll notice is that the changes started off relatively small and then just got progressively a bit bigger but start but start like that right do the small things if you even if it's like tiny like you know say say for example you're having I don't know like Let's say, yeah, let's say you're having hamburgers all the time and you, yeah, you know. Okay, so what would I then say? Well, can you make, start really tiny. Can you like put something that's baked in the oven at home as opposed to Mm, something that's mm. been heavily fried, right? That's a great starting point. Can you add in a side salad? Can Mm. you, and, and actually a really important tip that I've been learning about is say things like, even eating the way the order in which you eat the order in which you eat your meal has an effect on your blood sugar. Yes. So can you have the salads and the proteins yes. first to fill you up, and then kind of have the the like the less healthier carbs mm. towards the end? Mm. And you know that way you're actually improving the blood sugar balance even by eating it in a specific order. So can you do all of that first? Then slowly, like okay, well, can you maybe then begin to get that twice a week or can you knock it down to once a week and try and cook uh, you know a version of that at home yourself and then just slowly make these incremental changes and when you do it that slow you're just improving your ability to stick to it and you're building a habit that will basically stick and that's the really key thing to long-term success yes thank you oh I have so many follow-ups yeah. The one the one the first one I want to say is I've I've read it somewhere. I can't remember where exactly I've read it, but the way they were trying to describe this idea of having the protein and the salad first and then the carbs and the you know re- the rest later, they were trying to depict it almost like a train and they were saying, yeah. well, you want the easiest to digest 
pot to be at the beginning. I eat the salad. So that it yeah. comes first and it allows to flow through, you know, imaginary intestines. And then the follow-ups, you know, the, the, the foods like starchier and things like that are at the end of the train so that it actually flows nicely in the, I don't know, in the system, in the digestive system. It just, the way that they were depicting it in my head, it made sense to, you know, yeah. understand it. And then I was looking at the people who are living in the Mediterranean region and almost 95% of the time that I've seen them eat, like, you know, I don't know, the Italians, the Greeks, the Spanish, they start with the salad. The first thing that comes yeah. to the table tends to be a salad with or without cheese or with other bits and bobs in there. But they all eat the salad first and then they move to next, I don't know, meat or whatever yeah. it is. I think like also it's it's kind of a bit of a space, like it's, it's, I think it's a multitude of things. Like it's slightly a space thing. So obviously if you're filling up on like the, the things that are healthier first, it makes it more difficult for you to mm. overeat on the things that are unhealthier um, later. And because I don't know if this is actually true for Italians. So please don't come at me, genuine Italian uh, folks out there who may be listening to. My understanding is that the portions of pasta that they actually eat are way less and they're almost a first very course. small yeah yeah compared to like us having it as a main yes. in, in like other countries that aren't traditionally italian or, or you know yes. or, yeah, that aren't basically italy um so i think partly with the, the whole thing around eating the salads and the proteins first is partly a space thing so mm -hmm. eat the healthier stuff first you fill up on those you're less likely to eat the rubbish later on okay yeah so that's what is partly a space thing to eat the healthier stuff you're less likely to eat more of the rubbish later on uh, or the less healthy things then I think the other thing is is that it helps improve your blood sugar balance because basically uh with like simpler carbohydrates with very starchy carbohydrates certainly with um high I believe high saturated fatty foods as well you have this problem where like your blood sugar rapidly mm. rises and then crashes and it's that rise and particularly the crash that um, can cause like troubles with your mental health. Overall, it's not good for your, your, your memory either, just bringing, pulling it all back to brain health. It's not great for your metabolic health either. So in terms of like things like, um, you know, your weight and mm. where you carry that weight, for example. So what we're trying to do is avoid that seesaw up and down. So, um, so to avoid that, you know, filling up on proteins and lots of fiber, these help slow the release of sugar down. So rather than doing that, you're much more doing a gentle mm -hmm. slope and it, and it doesn't cause you to crash, which makes you really hangry later on either. So those are kind of some of the top reasons why mm -hmm. it's a good idea to try and eat those first in your, yeah. in your plate for sure. Yeah. I remember I, I have quite a few Italian friends and I remember the first time I ever went to one of their houses and they were cooking pasta. They were, I don't know if every Italian does it, but people that I know, they were measuring. So they were like, yeah. oh, it's five of us. So that's, I can't, I can't remember if they said 50 grams or less per person. And I was yeah. thinking, whoop, that is new. Because I, I thought it was like, maybe they are not very familiar to cooking or maybe, you know, they don't have a lot yeah. of experience in the kitchen department and that's why they measure. But then I saw it with everyone that I've ever been to their house. They were all calculating in their mind, oh, wow. like roughly how many people are at the table, roughly how much pasta. It wasn't yeah. about, oh, it's two of us. So one big, you know, like two Packet or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, of spaghetti will do. It was very calculated in that sense. And then when it came to the plate, and it, you know, it was a specific amount. I don't think it was more than a handful. I would think. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh my god, we're gonna go hungry. <laughs> but it's it's basically the way that they eat. At least the people that I know of, they don't have massive amounts of pasta by the by itself. It's pasta with things, right? It, it yeah. can be with different yeah. uh, uh, meats or fish or you know. Uh, um, shrimps and whatever else but as you say it, te it tends to be on the menu 
it tends to be in into the primi piatti is like the first plate type of exactly thing. it doesn't yes. seem yes, to be yes, like yes. i will give you this <laughs> you know the whole package spaghetti I, yeah 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 no you're exactly right and and i think this is yeah and that's why i talk about balancing the plate as well like this is something that we're not we've just not been taught to be honest mm. and i think even if you look at the older food pyramids right mm-hmm. they they put grains at the very bottom yes. of the base pyramid so this yeah. is the biggest amount but actually it needs to be slightly fl- it definitely needs to be flipped so that the fruits and veg kind of are at the bottom and that's what we should be consuming ideally what we're consuming mm. like a lot of um and uh that's not something that is a balance up until now that we've really understood very well but we are starting to get mm. more familiar with and then, and by the way like grains can make up part of a healthy diet everyone is really individual some people do well doing particularly uh low low particularly low grain um diet mm-hmm. some people do actually do better with a higher proportion of grains but still um it ideally shouldn't be the base of your meal it kind of yeah. needs to make up a, a side part of your meal rather than be the, the entire base yeah. so even you know this is so random but yesterday hold my hands up couldn't be bothered to cook my family wanted to get a takeaway I didn't want the type of takeaway they were having so I was looking on like delivery and like healthier options and like you know to get one of these like uh like like I think I was looking at getting one of these like poke bowls or like Mm-hmm. Uh, or a donburi bowl, which is a Japanese uh kind of sushi bowl, I guess. And you know, there's options to like you can have white rice, or you can have brown rice, or you can have a mix of half veg, mm-hmm. half half rice, or like you could do. I think I'm sure you could do the whole base of like kale. Like there are so many options and like little things that you can do to improve the balance of that. So rather than having the base of like completely grain, do half the I did. You know, was going to do um half half brown rice half um half slaw and that Mm -hmm. that also works out really really well so there's lots of different like little little things that you can do that just but slowly bit by bit will massively improve the nutritional Mm -hmm. value of your diet and i think that's that's what we're trying to say here it's starting very small and um also, I was I was chatting to another client yesterday morning, and she was saying, "Oh, oh, yes, I know, I, I I need to change this. Oh, yes, I know, I need to change this." And I kept saying, "Yeah, yeah, but you can't say, oh, I need to change X, Y, Z, and W, and do them all at once.' No, no, no. Yeah, start with one, and I think it also applies to food. Is start with understanding what you're eating." Because we are yep. on autopilot most of the time. We know how to do a jacket potato with cheese and whatever else. And that's what we do every day, all day, and nothing else. And then when you ask yourself, what have I had today? You're like, oh, I don't even know. Because I, you know, you, you eat on autopilot sometimes. So I believe there is a tiny step before you do a change. And that would be True. to be aware of what you're doing. To yeah. realize what type of food am I having in a week's, you know, window? How many takeaways? Yeah. And how many, uh, I don't know, processed, heavily processed sugars or uh, things that come in a packet am I having a week? And then, as Mira was saying, switch one. Yeah. Start with, because if, if we say, oh, from tomorrow you have to do X, Y, Z, you're not even aware of what you're doing today, it would be very yeah. difficult to keep it. I think no no it's very very true and I mean I do that with you know uh all you know pretty much all nutritionists I haven't heard of one that wouldn't uh will do what's uh, like a three ask for at least a three-day food diary so I understand mm. on a typical week what does food intake look like for you um and uh and you know from that we'll we'll know where your starting point is and that's mm-hmm. fine like we'll, we'll work with you where you are and you know, Denise is probably quite similar from your perspective, like in terms of, you know, you might not necessarily deal with with just diet changes, but you deal with a lot of habit change, right? In your yeah. work, yeah, yeah, um, I, I do, I do. And so, I suppose from your perspective, apart from anything that I've said specifically diet wise and starting, you know, small, what what kind of are your top tips mm. for success? My number one is eat slowly. 
Mm-hmm. When it when it comes to food specifically, or when somebody says, "Oh, I'm eating so much sugar," or I'm always having a dessert with a meal, again because it isn't really my area of expertise to guide them on their nutrition. What I'm saying is, you eat whatever you eat, but do it so slowly, as mm. in take time to chew, take time to put your uh, you know fork and knife down in between mouthfuls. Because just by slowing down, a lot of the people that I've said this to, they will stop eating so much. So if you are, yeah. if you're thinking, oh my God, I'm eating so much, or you're thinking I'm, I might be overeating, or you're not even sure, my first thing is eat slowly. Do almost like a contest with people around you in the household and see who can finish their meal last. Because... I know this doesn't necessarily apply to young mothers who have very tiny children running around the house because I can yeah. see it in my friends where they they don't have time to do that. It yeah. sometimes feels like a luxury because, you know, you need to run after the toddlers or something. But even then, try to slow down rather than inhaling the food because that's what we do. Yeah, Everything goes in at once. <laughs> try to slow down and you know, mouthful by mouthful. I've done that myself and I realized I don't like the taste of many things that I was inhaling before because mm. I was so, you know, autopiloty. Yeah. And then when you give me that fast food, it was fast food, to be honest. Again, I was like, mm, mm. I don't really like this taste. And I stopped eating. Yeah. But if you are not stopping or taking pauses or eating mindfully, you don't ever know. Yeah. You just That's a good point. Also the other the other thing that I tend to to say to people and this is um a little bit of nutrition maybe in there it's just the the research I was reading is and Mira spoke to it many times before in a previous episode is about the bliss point between the the fat the sugar the salt that is made in the manufacturing industry right so when they are making the best burger out there they are thinking of all these things so that your mouth gets whoo, very happy at the first mouthful but i don't think that bliss point is sustainable for the rest of your mouthfuls i think it tends to go very oh this is very tasty but then I don't know how to describe it. It you eat so quickly that if you were to slow down, I don't know if you would get the same hit every time you put that in your mouth. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, I know. I think I know what you mean. Like, there's definite. I think there's definite sort of. I don't know if it's an issue of like you become tolerant to it very quickly. Like once after mm. that first, yeah, that first mouthful or having the same thing you know like having I don't know not that many people would do this or actually I don't know but like having the same burger five days in a row for example um you probably wouldn't get you know if you think about like the neurotransmitters you know eventually I suppose over time your brain would become tolerant to it I don't know what it's like over the same meal I can't say that from the neuroscience perspective but I, I kind of see your point in that you know, just from my own, my own personal experiences, like, you've kind of got that thing of where, like, or that anticipation mm. and of, like, oh, I'm going to have this thing. Oh, it's I know it's not good for me, but, oh, it's going to taste great. It's going to be amazing and it's going to be delicious. And, you know, you might enjoy it for the first few bites, but then it kind of wears off after that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because I ordered, I hadn't had, pizza in a while uh and I was having I was um having a very basic sort of date night and uh and we couldn't be bothered to cook so it was like we've both been trying to eat healthier and so but we were actually like you know what really just fancy a a good quality Mm. pizza Mm -hmm. and so we ordered one and it was great but we did I don't think we don't we probably enjoyed it more because we hadn't had it in a while Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that I felt a need to have one again very soon yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't yeah. don't get me wrong. There's other I have other vices. Like chocolate is by far my biggest vice. And like you know, so I'm not by no yeah, I'm by no means perfect, like at all. Um 
and there will be weeks where I'm better with chocolate than I am on other weeks. And this week's been a terrible week because I'm also on my period, so that's a whole different ball game. Um, so I just wanted to point that out so that no one feels like I'm living this like perfectly idyllic, eat like kale twelve times a day. <laughs> uh, let's be. Let me be clear. Um, but from the point of fast food, at least or quote unquote fast food. Yeah, it, it for me it's uh I I get what you mean. Like I, I genuinely I know it sounds really weird, but like I genuinely you know, like you can get paninis and stuff mm-hmm. from yeah coffee shops. I get no joy out of eating sandwiches. Mm. I just don't I just don't get any joy out of it. I used no. to love paninis. And I probably would enjoy the first bite, but I think for me, the fact is that I know that yes, even though it'd be fine as a once in an hour again treat, like I, I just I know I'm not getting anything out of it. Mm, like I'd, I'd mm. much rather, I'd, I, there's just so many things I would rather eat. Yeah, I think. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I think you you that I think that comes also with with uh, eating it slowly and things like that, and you realize mm, I actually don't like this taste anymore. Maybe I did in the past. Maybe I enjoyed them. But oh, I, I've heard they that don't, happen. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't want them anymore. And I think. If I could go to war with the English language, I would when it comes to good foods and bad foods. I I I so dislike the association yeah. of oh this is so bad for me, but I like it because it's how to our brain is like naughty. It's like oh yeah, this it's is really it's totally the illicit nature. Of yes. it. Absolutely. And then it's uh, if it's not bad or good, then people say, um, oh, I will have a treat. I'll have myself a treat, which uh, I understand the word, I understand the usage of it. It's just that, again, it becomes so enticing because it's a treat. Mm. So I'm just wondering, what if we all did an exercise and for a week we treat kale as a treat, you know? We're going to have a little bit of kale. Ooh, that's a treat. I'm just wondering whether that will make us eat more kale. Probably not. I don't know. I'm just thinking it's just the the word association because obviously treat comes with something quote unquote bad that you shouldn't yeah. have very often that you yeah and I'm thinking maybe treats should be um activities maybe treats should be I don't know spending time with a loved one or getting more sleep or looking after your um mental health or I don't know going to the hair salon and taking time there and doing your hair I'm just I don't like the word treat connected to food no and I like that idea of the fact that uh it can it doesn't a treat quote unquote doesn't have to be a a indulgent food like Mm. it can actually be something completely different um yeah I I quite I know what you mean about the difficulties with word association and feeling association when it comes to food um yeah that is a challenge like and and some people can take yeah it's it's a really hard I think it's a very without getting into the realm of eating disorders it's a really hard Mm. uh balance to kind of strike Uh, but I do like the idea that a treat doesn't have to be food-based it can be like it doesn't have to be expensive either like it can be um I don't know like going out to you know buying your favorite nail polish or Mm. buying a new book or uh a candle whatever whatever it may be it doesn't it doesn't have to be food based yeah and unhealthy food based yeah and that's I think the the diet industry has has worked so well for so many years because they've uh sometimes in different fad diets they you know advertise it as um even you know you can have even the bad things or something like that yeah they they are advertising it to the to an extent of um if you're on this diet then you can have the naughty quote unquote mm. and it's fine or whatever points or whatever they calculate and so on and so forth and i think that's where i'm 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 struggling sometimes with the words associated to it because it became so ingrained and yeah. everybody, to some extent, even myself, I catch myself saying, oh, this is bad for me or something. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It isn't, I, I, I need to remove the bad, if that makes sense. It's yeah. like, this is not a healthy option. 
It doesn't yeah. mean it's bad. It's not gonna, you know, uh, do something on the spot to me. If I eat it for three yeah. days in a row, probably. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, it's just a okay. This is not the healthiest option that I could choose for myself. Or maybe this is not the most nutritious meal I can have right this moment. Yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day, we eat food to survive. First of all, if we don't yeah. eat, we yeah, we will we will die eventually. And the other mm-hmm. reason why we eat is because it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's pleasurable. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. So let's not see it as good and bad, and let's see it more from a nutritional value point of view. Maybe that's the 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 thing I would like to promote here, and and the enjoyment piece. And when you're inhaling your fast food, I don't know where the enjoyment is. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, you know, because so, just to explain to people, like, you know, I kind of covered it uh, in my, in the very first podcast episode or, or the first or second or something where I was talking about my personal journey through to where I am today with my diet and things like that and becoming a nutritionist actually is that I didn't enjoy cooking I didn't really care for for eating nutritious meals I wasn't bothered I didn't eat like takeaways every day but I really was not looking after myself at all and you know for me like I I just personally as someone who's come through that and again as I say chocolate really is my vice and and sugar really is a a a sticking point for me but in terms of comparatively like what I get the joy out of eating I don't personally find the joy in eating things like McDonald's or uh, or any other fast food chain Um, I don't find joy in eating paninis and stuff but I but I do find you know I do find joy in like in it doesn't have to be a salad it can be roasted veg and like a grain and some form of protein or whatever um yeah like I I do just get tend to genuinely get more joy out of that and just to you know emphasize so last night so last night uh or the night before we recorded this podcast it was a Saturday and uh my family wanted a Chinese take and I thought I just I just don't want this like I really mm. don't fancy it like yeah the as you say Denise like the first bite will probably be really tasty but I'm not going to feel good after this meal mm-hmm. so yeah. I went on so in the in London at least we have these apps where you can order groceries in like 10 yeah. minutes yeah. yeah and I know they have this like healthy earth mm-hmm. brand where you can get like a microwavable uh Thai like curry basically yeah and it's a healthier version it's still not like it's obviously by no means perfect but was it probably a better option for me? Yes, because it had more fresh veggies in it. Mm. Um, you know, they use a, a, a better quality of grain. Um, there was definitely way less salt in it compared to like and fat probably than there would have been in the, the takeaway. And I just ate that instead. And like, mm-hmm. I knew I felt way better eating that than having the takeaway option that everybody else wanted to enjoy. And that's totally mm-hmm. fine. I've got no problem with eating that you know my yeah. family eating that stuff around me like you do what makes you happy but equally I need to do what makes me happy what makes me happy is having something that's a bit healthier exactly exactly yeah. and I think I think that's that's a, a very good point is after you've had whatever you've had for lunch dinner takeaway not takeaway whatever it was food wise assess how you're feeling afterwards yeah because that I think a lot of us let's say we have the takeaway or we have the McDonald's or the KFCs of this world. And then you feel, I don't know, let's assume you feel great, fabulous, good for you. Good for you. But maybe yeah. maybe you're feeling bloated, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uh, struggling with your digestive system. Um, tired. Tired, constipated, or you have the opposite uh, effect and immediately, you know, evacuation of all the foods you've ever had assess yeah. that it, it happens yeah. for a reason something in that food or in that exact takeaway or whatever you got didn't agree with you it's not normal to eat a meal and then be bloated and uncomfortable and mm. feeling sorry for yourself that's yeah. not that's not comfortable that's not that's not how our bodies work they should be quite 
happy that they've had the yeah. food. So assess how you're feeling. And if you can have all the foods that we've listed as more unhealthy and you still yeah. feel great after them, good for you. Yeah. We, we are not here to, to judge anybody going either way or going for a more balanced approach. We are just trying to encourage you to have a look, you know, the detective hat on and see how do you feel. Yeah, how does absolutely. your skin look like? Yeah. Is is it glowy or is it tired and dull and you know everything that happens on the inside has some sort of ramification on the outside that you can see. Yeah. So assess that, have a look because that will probably be your first indication that you need to take a step and change something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I agreed. And you can only change what you know. So do as we as we said at the beginning of this episode do a little bit of inventory where are you what types of food do you have on uh, on a weekly basis how does your skin look how does your digestive system work and, and it's hard but be honest because i think mm. it's so easy to lie to ourselves being like, oh this is okay or whatever this is fine or or you know maybe like right that you had one chocolate bar when really you had two um try and be because because this is all to benefit yourself this is not coming from a place of judgment like yeah. like companies have made it all too easy for us to eat less nutritionally like yeah. that's they have played on our own sense of laziness or yeah. in a you know desire to do things with the least amount of effort like you're not unique to that being susceptible to that and it there is still annoyingly barriers to, you know, I think eating really nutritious, mm. nutritiously. And so don't, this is not a you problem. This is a collective issue. <laughs> like, exactly. you know, so, so don't feel like, oh God, you know, I'm the one that's failing myself. Well, we could all make better choices, right? But, mm-hmm. but equally it, it has been made significantly harder for you. Um, yes. So yeah, so what that that's a really important part is that there's no point lying to yourself because you're not going to help yourself feel feel better inside and on the out. So be as honest as you can. We all have to start from some. We all have to start somewhere. Um, and and I could tell you horror stories about the things that I used to eat. So please don't think that I have been this per- like oh I've been mm. perfect my entire life. Like no, and I'm still not perfect now, and I never will be perfect. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's really important. Perfection doesn't uh, doesn't exist. We are no. we, we are taught to chase it and find it and whatever. We are gonna be happy when we are perfect, but it doesn't it doesn't exist. Nor should it exist because we need the ups, the the downs, the side moves. So you, we need we need all of that. Hundred percent. Yeah. In order to sure. enjoy. And um, the only thing I wanted to add on to what uh, Mira has so beautifully. Uh, said is in our minds change doesn't happen automatically or easily it's not a switch I think if anything there is more resistance to change because we have a mm-hmm. set pathway and you know the brain likes to know what it's doing so repeat routines <laughs> that's why we work so well with routines as majority of us do so when you want to change something immediately you might find some resistance. You might find that, oh, this is actually too difficult. Oh, I should be doing what I used to do in the past or, you know, be a creature of habit, as as we say. So don't beat yourself up and think, oh, I can't do it. I'm weak. I'm this. I am that because I can't change. Change will create some resistance within you and you just have to you know chip at it slowly and gently there, yeah there is a sense of um perseverance and there and it is hard work like we would be lying to you if we, if we said it was anything if it was easy and it's not like we you know Denise and I would have had moments you know I think a good example would have been like the last season where we kind of had ex you know I was trying to create exercise routines Denise was looking for more joy and, you know, I have had moments where my exercise routine has slipped, but, you know, it's a case of, um, 
knowing that this stuff is it's a challenge, but it's doable and it's doable when you make it as easy for yourself as possible. So yeah, just find the, just, just know that it is a little bit of perseverance and there will be days when it's easier and some days when it feels nigh and impossible, but it's, it's totally worth it on the other side. Yes. Yes. The, the, the end of the tunnel with the little light is, is so, it's so nice and it's so, I think, gratifying, right? Mira, when you see your clients yeah. with better skin, better looking, or they feel yeah, better in their bones. Yeah, exactly. If they feel better in their bodies and in themselves, like for me, that's the biggest reward of all. And, mm. uh, you know, I can always push a client in the right direction, but it's up to them to take the Absolutely. steps. Absolutely. So, you know, as much as I come in with, the knowledge it's it's you that puts in the hard work and it's you that re reaps the most amount of reward so it's, it's well worth it on the other side it is well worth it and I think we also um need to um wrap up this episode and say that nutrition and eating right for yourself is not related to vanity alone it's related yeah. to your health and it's related to being able to enjoy life Yep. If you if your body, if your vessel is happy in the sense that it gets the nutrients it needs, it gets the exercise it needs, the water and everything else, then you will be able to go out there and see, you know, happiness in your life. If everything that you're putting in is creating the opposite effect or maybe majority of the things that you eat or, you know, they are creating the... the inflammation and the negativity of some of the foods out there you're not really going to be able to enjoy life are you if you're struggling yeah. or with your health not anyway yeah not as much not not as much and uh you're in you know in, in so far as cheesy as this is going to sound in so far as this life you only get one of them so why not why not use it well yeah set it set yourself up for success start yeah, by 100%. being aware of what you're doing and what you're eating and what you're putting through your mouth. And after you've done that small inventory and you've been honest to yourself, choose the easiest change you can possibly choose and build upon it slowly, gently. Yeah. And if you can, we give you brownie points, shut your ears to the outside world. <laughs> That tells you you need to do blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, stick to your own path in your own time, yeah. in your own gentle way. And don't listen to what every man, his dog and friend are saying. Yeah, sounds like good, sounds like good advice to me. Thank you so much, Mira, for a very, very good first uh, conversation on this year new podcast. Yeah, definitely. A new year, because we didn't. Ah, I just realized we didn't. We didn't do an episode since Christmas, <laughs> so this is the first one for. Oh wow! For this yeah, year. so happy new year, everybody! Yeah, <laughs> as of the as of as of the beginning of March. Um, yeah, Jesus, gosh, hasn't that, hasn't that first quarter gone quick? I know it's crazy. Well, yeah. on that note, we will love you and leave you, and we will say make good choices, food choices, nutrition for choices. And uh, we will see you on our next episode. Perfect, guys. Take care and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.